Good, me- uh, good morning, fellow redeemed. Uh, the text for our consideration is from the second chapter of St. Luke's Gospel. We begin there at the 39th, or excuse me, 49th verse. And Jesus said to them, them being Mary and Joseph, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God in men. We pray. O Lord, sanctify us by the truth, for your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Are you about your father's business? A Jewish boy became a man when he turned age 12 in Jesus' day. And so when you turned 12, you had to fulfill the requirement of the law like any other man, and you had to go and worship for the Passover at the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus, now 12, went with Joseph and other men from his town or some of his relatives, and they went to Jerusalem so that Jesus could now do the same thing and worship for Passover at the temple. By this point in Jewish history, it had become the common practice that the Sanhedrin, during the Passover, they would go out into the temple court and meet, and they would discuss then religious and theological questions so that other people could watch and listen. It sure seems that part of the motivation for this was so that other people would be kind of wowed by those ongoing discussions. As Jesus sat at the feet of the Sanhedrin there, we should not picture him as some sort of 12-year-old know-it-all. The Greek phrase used back in verse 46, I didn't read it, but the one that Luke uses there for listening and asking questions was just the very common phrase that any student would have been used to be described by when learning and studying under their teacher. And so Jesus was simply just doing what he was expected to do according to his culture, his earthly parents, and his heavenly father. Well, as we know, eventually Mary and Joseph showed up when they realized that Jesus hadn't been traveling with either of them. It shouldn't shock us that that was the case. Uh, Each parent probably thought that Jesus had been traveling with the other one, as back in that culture, women usually started out the journey first with the young kids and even these kids that were transitioning from young to adults. And so they just thought that the other one had them. And then the men eventually would have caught up, and that's when they would have realized, hey, Jesus isn't with us. Mary comes to Jesus and she says, your father and I were worried. And notice how Jesus responds. He simply says, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? See how gently and yet definitively there, he takes the title of father away from Joseph And instead gives it to and he attributes it to his heavenly father. Mary and Joseph should have kind of understood what was going on. From early on they knew about the plan concerning Jesus. It was told to them by the angel. And yet we know that they were shocked by the shepherds the night of his birth. They were awestruck by the fact that 
wise men from the east came to worship their son. And yet we see in this text that despite their lack of understanding, despite their unexpected ignorance, Jesus listened to his parents, and like the perfect boy that he was, he returned home with his family, and as he did, we're told that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And I just don't know if we truly appreciate what this text is all about. Chappie D, he alluded to it yesterday. But my friends, what we see here is that here is the author and the finisher of our faith placing himself under the requirements of the law that he himself, those requirements that he gave to Moses. Here we have the creator of the entire universe putting himself and submitting himself to his parents, the two people that he himself, that Jesus himself knit together in both his grandmother's wombs. Here before us, we have the awesomeness of God, the all-knowing one, the omniscient one, yet still growing in wisdom and favor and in stature with his heavenly Father and with men. Here before us, we have Jesus And throughout his whole life, we have him living in what we call his active obedience. That perfect life he lived for you and that he lived for me. So that one day, you and I, we would be guaranteed that we would be able to have God's favor. Jesus' heart, from early on, even at age 12, was set on his father's house. It was set on his father's business as we watch him walk all the way to the cross to suffer and die for our forgiveness. Praise Jesus that he was always about his father's house and his father's business so that you and I can live forever in our heavenly father's home one day when we die in the faith and he calls us to his side. And so are you about your father's business? At the beginning of a new year, illuminated by the light of Epiphany right now, and just a little bit away from the beginning of Lent, it's about a month and two days away from us as we celebrate it, it's a really good question to reflect on and to ask ourselves right now. Fifteen days into a new year, And have you and I shown the zeal for God's word that we see here in a 12-year-old Jesus? Fifteen days into a new year, and how many times have you already disrespected your parents and other people in authority? That is definitely, it is certainly not the Father's business. Fifteen days into a new year, and how many of us, us who are parents right now that are listening, how have we, have we done the same thing with our families and showed the leadership we need to and lead our families to God's word like Mary and Joseph did for Jesus here at this Passover. Fifteen days into a new year, have we set the example for our family on how important God's word is for our life and for our salvation? Are each of us striving to grow in wisdom, in favor with our Heavenly Father and men? Or are you right now more worried about growing in favor with those people around you at the expense of 
growing in wisdom and favor with your Heavenly Father. Folks, if you are struggling in any way with anything that I just mentioned here, please, please do not fall into that false idea that, hey, it's a brand new year and I got lots of time to get it together. No, your, your spiritual well-being is way too important for you not to get your act together right now. Folks, may each of us ask God for forgiveness for every one of our failings as we have not put his business in front of our own already these 15 days of a new year. And then, then let us cling to Christ in his word and in his sacraments where he gives us and where he blesses us with his perfect life, some of which we see right here in this very text, as well as his holy death that we'll witness in two months now up on the cross. In faith, may you and I daily ask Jesus for the strength and the ability then to emulate his example so that when we have the opportunity to sit at our Savior's feet and hear what he has to say, with, uh, say to us, we do so now with a rejuvenated enthusiasm. And finally, my brothers and sisters in Christ, may Christ himself send us the Holy Spirit and the means of grace to give all of us those of you listening and sitting here right now who are already parents, and to you students, if and when God calls you to be parents someday, may he give us all the strength to have our children be God's children who go on then to live lives that are all about our Father's business. Amen.